2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17 say this in the Word of God. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. All right, let us pray again. Heavenly Father, again, we come before you through the blood and name of Jesus Christ. And uh, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that we, you have saved us by your grace. And Lord, I'm glad that it didn't depend upon us. Uh, dear God, but Lord, in your mercy, because you loved us, dear God, Lord, you provided salvation through the death, burial, and resurrection and shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, dear God. And we ever want to be thankful for that. Thank you for those that are listening. Thank you for those that are here that know they're saved and have that desire to live for you. Thank you for those parents, dear God, uh, Lord, that uh, do their best to raise their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Lord, we pray for those that might be here listening that aren't saved. Again, it should be a great day to see somebody be a child of God. As we think about uh, dedicating a child, it would be a great day for somebody to dedicate themselves, amen, and become a child of God uh, through the power of the gospel. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd uh, help uh, others today physically, Lord. We think of Sister Sarah, we think of Sister Dot, and others that need help physically. Uh, please be with them as well. And, uh, Lord, just uh, give us guidance in our life with important decisions that need to be made. We think about our young people. And, Lord, at this age and stage in their life, God, guide them and direct them and protect them. Lord, we confess we need you this morning. We desire this morning, uh, dear God. So through everything that's done, glorify thyself and build your local church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this morning uh, we look at a lesson here focused on, amen, uh, dedicating our children, right? We want to be dedicated to dedicating our children. Notice again, verse 15, as we start here, 2 Timothy 3, 15, it says, and that what? That from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. Notice those words, from a child thou hast known. And that is our goal, amen, for our children, that from a young age, they would know the Holy Scriptures. They would know the precepts and principles of the Word of God. Notice what it says in verse 14 right above that. Verse 14 of 2 Timothy 3. It says, But continue thou in the things that thou hast learned and hast been assured of, and knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Notice those words, learned, right? Uh, there was uh, instruction there, right? As we'll see, it's, uh, as parents, we have a responsibility to instruct our children. And it has the term assured of. That means things that have, uh, have been confirmed in your heart, uh, things that you've made certain. And that is our goal that, hey, as we, as we teach people, just like somebody that's newly saved, right? We teach them things, we disciple them, but then we want them to go on and get those things set in their own heart. Hey, uh, when my children were young, I wanted them to believe what I told them just because they trusted uh, mommy and daddy. But now I don't want them to believe it just because daddy said it. I want them to believe it because now they have their own relationship with God and they've got those things settled in their heart themselves. So uh, uh, despite uh, what, uh, what I may believe, they believe it according to the word of God. And that's sort of what we were talking about in Galatians. Paul said, hey, hey, listen, even if I preach the wrong thing, don't go by what I said, uh, stick with the word of God. 
I mentioned that before, that in John 4, where the woman at the well goes into town and says, hey, come see a man. Then later in the chapter, a man says, hey, now we believe, not because of what she said, but we've heard him ourselves. And that's what we want to get our children to, amen? At first they believe because they heard us say it, but then one day they hear him themselves, amen? And they get it confirmed in their own heart and made certain in their own heart. You know, uh, talking about Timothy, a lot of people give Paul credit for training Timothy. And, uh, but you know, uh, again, notice verse uh, 15, that says, but notice it says, from a child. You know, everybody talks about how Paul trained Timothy, but in that verse, even Paul said that from a child thou hast known those things. Well, according to Acts 16, uh, Paul didn't know Timothy was a child. He didn't meet him till he was a young man according uh, to the word of God. So he had to get that instruction. So again, no doubt Paul had a great influence in Timothy's life, but there was already a great spiritual influence in Timothy's life uh, before he even met Paul. And of course, we know through the word of God that that was his mother and his grandmother. We see that in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, a verse many of us know. He says, Paul said, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, but which dwelt first. Amen. We've been talking a lot lately about that spiritual mantle, that spiritual bloodline, if you will, coming down. And we see it in Timothy's life, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother uh, Eunice, and am persuaded that in thee also. You know, now, of course, we're talking today about parents dedicating their children, but I want to make note, as it says here, hey, listen, we know the Bible says in Acts 16 that uh, Timothy's father was a Greek, probably wasn't a believer, but his mom stayed by the stuff, amen, probably instructed from her mother. And I want to say I thank God, amen, that when there isn't a strong spiritual man in the house, thank God for strong spiritual women that stick with the Word of God and are a mighty influence in the lives of their children, even when the father's uh, maybe not doing what he's supposed to do, but thank God the, the mothers did right and instructed their children. We see that that's what happened in Timothy's life, but thank God later God brought a, a godly man into Paul's life, I mean in Timothy's life, and that was Paul. So it's a, it, it's, it's a, that's a wonderful thing to see. So we want to see it's right, it's right, and it's a blessing to raise your children for the Lord. It's the right thing to do, and it's a blessed thing to do. We know Ephesians 6, 4, and ye fathers, now here's some instructions, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but we know bring them up, amen? That means it's not a one-time thing. You bring them up. That means there's, it's a continual process uh, throughout the, the different ages in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That word nurture means training that the Lord approves. Amen. We want to give our children instruction that the Lord approves. Well, we know he approves of everything in the word of God. So that's a good place to get the instruction that you pass on to your children. Training the Lord approves. And of course, it involves instruction, right? And it also involves correction. And chastising, you know, that's still part of raising a child. The world wouldn't tell you that today about correcting a child, about chastising a child. Hey, uh, listen, uh, listen, I still believe in proper discipline. The Lord gave a place for discipline a child. The Lord gave a place for, that's why he extra padding, amen. He was even nice. He even put some extra padding there, right? Amen. Uh, for he gave a place for that. 
And so, hey, nothing wrong uh, with using it. Now, when I was a kid, probably when some of you were a kid, anybody could, uh, you know. Well, I remember uh, uh, my, uh, some of my neighbors having to get on me once in a while. I don't know why, but they did. But, uh, uh, you know, but uh, parents, right, uh, that is part of it. And admonition, again, instruction and training. Notice this, by act and discipline. Not just the discipline of, you know, getting on to them, but having the discipline, Amen. To train them as parents, having the discipline, amen, uh, to live it out before them and dealing and, and this instruction deals with the conscience, the will and the reasoning. That's what we have to deal with. You know, when, when maybe when a child's little, you can say, oh, just because I said so. Right. Well, that doesn't work when they start getting a little bit older. Right. So you need to give that instruction and ask the Holy Spirit to take that instruction and work on their conscience that when they start to do things, they'll be convicted. You know, don't, it's not wrong to say to your children when they do something, hey, what's that called, son? Well, a lie. Well, what is a lie? Sin. Nothing wrong with making your child say the word sin, right, uh, when they do uh, uh, something wrong so that it'll get in their conscience, right? And, and Lord can use that to convict them. And then their will. You need to ask God to help you break the will of that child at a young age. Boy, they wouldn't tell you out that in the world today, but you need to learn to break their will at a young age, right? So they'll be... Like, like they just sing about the potter, right? So they'll stay pliable, amen, and be easier to work with. And then reasoning, amen, uh, that God would, that the Spirit of God would work in their mind and help them to see clearly, hey, this is right. What the Word of God says is right. I do need to be saved. I do need to make decisions according to the precepts and principles of the Word of God as they grow. So it's a wonderful thing to uh, uh, and blessing to raise up and commit our children to God. You know, it's a wonderful thing to bring them to Jesus. Amen. Jesus wants to bless them. I love these verses in Mark 10. In Mark 10, verses 13 through 16, we see some people brought children to Jesus. And I like this. It says, and they brought young children to Jesus. Boy, I need to show some people that, you know, we talk about bus kids. Well, I ain't going to make them go. But, you know, if they want to go, I want to be standing there Monday when they make them go to school. Amen. Uh, be there when they make them eat. It says, you know, but it says they brought the young children, right? We need to, parents need to bring their young children to him. Amen. That's the best place you can bring them is to him. Why? I like this, that he should touch them and his disciples rebuked those that brought him. Boy, sometimes them disciples just didn't get it right. But when Jesus saw it, he was displeased. Boy, he's, he's displeased at anybody that would try to keep a child from Jesus. Well, these are good verses when you're out knocking doors, right? He said, suffer the little children to come unto me, right? They need to come at a young age. Well, maybe when they get older, they can make their own decision. Oh, no. He said, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not for such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter. But I like verse 16. Look, look at this. And he, can you what a beautiful picture. We've seen these paintings. And he took them up in his arms. And put his hands on them, and he blessed them. Amen. Oh man, boy, we we want we want we want uh, God to put His hands on the children. Boy, that is our prayer. God, whatever children you bring into this church, and you need to pray that for your family. Lord, put your hands on my children, bless them. I want my children at a young age to have uh, to have uh, the touch of God. Now think about this. Approximately 4 million children are born into America every year. And very few of them are born into Christian homes. 
But even in Christian, even what are, what are supposed to be Christian homes, very few of even those parents dedicate their children to the Lord or make a conscious decision about uh, having instruction for their children in the home, in the home for their children. I was thinking about, we sang that song at Calvary. Every time I sing it, it reminds me of when we had family altar in my home when we were kids. That's the song we probably sang the most because we'd always uh, 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 sing a hymn. I was, I was so glad that when my children were little, they didn't complain about my singing, not till they got to be about teens, then maybe they did. But uh, uh, listen, we sang that song a, a lot, and I always think about that when I hear that song. But listen, uh, let's turn to uh, 1 Samuel 1. That's always, uh, of course, we always turn there when we talk about dedicating our children because uh, uh, Hannah is a prime example of doing that. Again, a good example of a godly mother, a mother having uh, that great influence in her child's life. We'll just read a few verses, but notice 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. And it says, of course, she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And we know the story there concerning Hannah. But look, look at verse 11. Let's read this together. Verse 11, notice what it says. Look at it. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man child. Well, she specifically asked for a man. Then will I give him unto thee the Lord. Look at this. Notice this. All the days of his life. How long? All the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. Notice that statement. All the days. It's not, hey, today we're going to dedicate. Well, I dedicated my children on May 2nd, 2021. You know, then they're, they're, you know, I don't know what happened to them. I dedicated them on that day. Hey, no, it's again, it's a lifelong process. Hey, you think just because uh, my kids are married and have owned, you think I stopped praying for them? Oh, no. I pray for them even harder now. They got to put up with my son-in-laws. <laughs> I pray for them even harder now. Them girls got to put Right? Of course I still pray for my kids. Right? I pray for them every morning. I pray for my kids. And uh, every morning I pray for my uh, grandkids. Prayed, prayed for them this morning. Every day, still, all the days of uh, uh, their life. You know, giving, again, giving a child to the Lord means you desire what the Lord desires for that child. Oh, I want my child to grow up and do this. I want my child to grow up. That. Oh, well, well what's, what's the Lord want? Now, again, just because you gave your child, Lord, oh, they might send them somewhere far away. Well, if, if they do, you know, if he does, that's fine. Amen. That's fine. But, hey, he, he might keep them right there at home, and they just might live in town and be a godly businessman, be a godly lawyer, doctor, or, or, or whatever the Lord leads them to be. That's fine. We need uh, godly people in every area of society. Every area of uh, society. And so we need to realize that. We should desire God's will and purpose for our children. Drop down to verses 27 and 28 of 1 Samuel. Notice uh, what she says. For this child. So she gets the child and she says in verse 27, For this child I pray. Isn't that a wonderful testimony? Hey, uh, uh, young people, if you're single, you know what? Uh, you should be praying about that spouse. You should already be praying for the children God might give you one day. And then uh, young couples, when you get married before you have children, you ought to be praying uh, about that. Yeah, God's will concerning children, even God's timing and all those things. God's will to be done. And notice, it says, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. She knew, as we'll see in other places, that uh, God gave that child. 
Verse 28, therefore also, look at this, I have lent him to the Lord. God gave him, me, him to me and I gave him right back. Look at this again, as long as he liveth. There's that statement again. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord there. Now, what a beautiful thought you see there in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Uh, she said, all the days of his life, and he shall, as long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. Think about that. Some of you that have older children, <laughs> do you still pray that prayer for your children? They might be 30-something, 40-something, whatever. Do you still think that way towards your children? Well, we should. We must remember our children, again, were given to us as a blessing from the Lord. They're a gift of God. We all know Psalm 127, verse 3. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. That heritage means a blessing assigned by God, right? To the parents, a blessing assigned by God. God, amen, uh, he made a conscious decision, amen, to give those children. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Just like he made a conscious decision to save you, he made a conscious decision that he was going to bless you with children. Amen. What a wonderful thought that is. You see, because we know it's God that gives life at conception. It's God that gave that life at conception. And life begins at conception and at that same moment, that same moment, an eternal soul exists. You see, that's what the, I don't want to get sidetracked, but that's what these people out in the world don't realize when they talk about abortion, all those things. Hey, you're not just talking about a, a, a little a, 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 a piece of flesh there. You're talking about an eternal soul that's attached to that. And listen, you commit that act, you're going to answer to God for that soul right there. And that's how people need to look at it. There's an eternal aspect when people uh, commit, amen, murder, right? When those women commit murder, right, with those children, they're, they're, they're what? Committing an act, right? An eternal soul is released, and they're going to answer to God for that. So uh, we need to realize that. So it's God that gives life. Notice what Jacob said uh, in Genesis 33, verses 4 and 5. You remember the story? Uh, Jacob went away, and he got married, and uh, he served Laban all those years. Now he's coming back, and now he runs into Esau. And notice what Jacob says when Esau comes to meet him, and, and they're greeting one another. Notice this statement uh, in Genesis uh, uh, 33, verses 4 and 5. It says, And Esau ran to meet him, Jacob, and embraced him. And fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Now notice verse 5, Genesis 3. And he lifted up his eyes and saw the women look and the children and said, Who are those with thee? Who are all these people? Look what Jacob says. The children which God hath graciously given thy servant. Is that the way you think about your children? These children are ones that God has graciously given me and my spouse. God has great in his grace. You say, hey, saved by grace. Well, you're a parent by grace. Did you ever think about that? Not only saved by grace, you're a parent by grace. By the grace of God, amen, he saved you. And by the, his grace, he allowed you to be a parent. And then you get a double portion, and be, amen, <laughs> when the others come along. We know that, right? But notice there, which God hath graciously given thy servant. We need to realize that again, you know, it's a gift of God. Children are ours, but they're ours to let go of, not hold on to. They're ours to let go of, not hold on to. We must be willing to take our hands off them so the Lord can put his hands 
on them. Remember, we're raising our children for the Lord. We're raising our children for the Lord, but we also need to remember, Lord willing, we're also raising them for the spouse they will have one day. You need to think about that too. You know, if the Lord would lead that way in their life. We need to even think about that, right? Pray, Lord, uh, I'm praying for that young man out there. I'm praying for that young lady out there. Right, we need to pray consciously. You know, sometimes it's, it's difficult to trust the Lord even for ourselves. I realize that. But as parents, we must trust the Lord for our children also. Amen. Sometimes I have trouble trusting the Lord even for what I need him to do in my life. But Lord, Lord, I only need grace and faith to trust you for my life. I, Lord, give me grace and faith to trust you for my children's lives as well. We must realize the necessity, amen, we must realize the necessity of doing the best thing for our children or that the best thing for our children, which again is giving them back to the Lord. That's what Hannah, uh, Hannah said. I don't know that she was assured. Now, we know that she had five more children after that. I don't know if she knew that she was going to have five more children. And, you know, her name, of course, Hannah is the Old Testament name for, it means grace. And then five is the number for grace. So you see all that grace in her life, right? She, I think she had five more, more children. But listen, in giving our children back to the Lord, again, this must be a conscious, a willing decision. I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I, I rejoice to lend my child to the Lord all the days of their life. Now, of course, we don't know what decisions our children are, are going to make. Listen, anybody here? Hey, all the decisions I made weren't right. Even since I've been saved, I don't always make right decisions. So you got to realize, right, that your children aren't always going to make the right decisions. But listen, uh, 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 and so we don't know what's going to happen in their life. We may, but we must trust God to work it out to his glory. You know, again, I may not, always, I've said this before, I may not always trust the decisions that my children made or make, but I trust the Lord uh, with my children. You know, I think about uh, uh, Joseph. We think about all the twists and turns in his life of Joseph. But uh, in Genesis 50, 20, Joseph says this. In Genesis 50, 20, Joseph says this. But as for you, of course, he's talking to his brethren, ye thought evil against me. But again, God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to such may save much people alive. Boy, as we see uh, uh, things that happen in our children's lives, we may say, well, why did it happen this way? Why did it happen that way? But we see that God in his grace, somehow he can turn that to good. I look at Genesis 50, 20, and I say, you know what? To me, that's like a Romans 8, 28 of the Old Testament, amen? He worked all those things for good. And even when uh, you don't understand why some things uh, may have happened there, if we, if, if we trust uh, God to have grace and give us grace, because we have the responsibility to teach our children about God. Hey, great, we have to bring them to church, but we also have the responsibility to teach them at home. That's where the main instruction should come. And, and, and when you come to church, the church and the teaching at Sunday school and church should just reinforce, right? Uh, you would reinforce what you're teaching them at home. And then at home, you should reinforce what they're being taught at church. It works together. It's we're a team. We're a team, not only when we're together, but we want to be a team even when we're in our separate homes, amen, uh, for the glory of God. That team play. Just because both parents are believers doesn't make it a Christian home. Well, you, you got a Christian home? Well, they're both saved. Listen, a Christian home 
Remember, there's a difference between being a believer and a Christian. Amen? Now, uh, all believers should be Christians, but you can't be a Christian until you are a believer. A Christian home is where the parents, again, have yielded their lives to Christ. So, hey, we're talking about dedicating our children. Parents, have you yielded your life to Christ yourself? Hey, you're saved, but have you yielded your life to the will? Hey, yes, I want the will of God done in my children's lives. Well, are you saying that for yourself to set the example? A Christian home is a home where the Lord abides, not just where he talked about, amen, but he abides. The spirit is known and felt there. A home is, is where there's a, a family altar, right? And children learn Bible truth. Again, uh, getting together and, and, and uh, reading the Bible together, maybe singing some hymns together and, and, and uh, uh, praying uh, uh, for people in the, the church together and praying for one another, praying for missionaries. Hey, we now do that church should be done in the home. I mentioned to you about when my children were little and we were in Bulgaria, even when they, even they, when they were little, uh, we'd lay that map of Bulgaria out on the floor and, and we'd lay around that map as a family and pray uh, over the villages of Bulgaria. And uh, uh, then when we were in, when we were in Germany, we'd we, we'd name uh, uh, each time we had family altar. I'd have my kids name three to five countries that they wanted to pray uh, uh, for that night. Uh, and uh, one of the most precious uh, uh, memories uh, in my heart is when uh, Sharon was I don't know uh, three four years old. I walked in the living room and she had all these prayer cards on the floor and she was she was laying over them and I said you know and well she'd seen Daddy do that. Amen. Uh, praying over uh, missionaries. And we want to put those memories in our children's lives and we want them uh, that to be instilled in their lives. A home, a, a Christian home is a home where Christ's love is seen and forgiveness is practiced among other things. Remember, uh, remember, uh, 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 what, what is a long marriage? Amen. It's a marriage with two great forgivers. Amen. With two great forgivers. So instruction begins in the heart of Parents, we know Deuteronomy 6, 5 and 6. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Hey, uh, uh, and that, that, that's, a, that's a verse for parents. And verse 6, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. That's what we want. Lord, put those words in my heart as a parent so I can pass that instruction on. Think about this. As a parent, as a parent, your instruction your commitment and your consecration to Jesus Christ must come first. Think about that. As a parent, I say that again, your dedication, your commitment, and your consecration to the Lord must come first. We should make sure, of course, first of all, we're saved. And once we know that we're saved, amen, we've been born again, there's that specific day where we repented of our sins and put our trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then, of course, as Christian parents, as godly parents, we seek and desire the salvation of our children at the youngest age possible, the youngest age that they might understand. You know, uh, uh, you think about Moses' mother. Think about what she had to do when uh, they were killing the children. And then we think about this verse in Exodus 2-3, right, where she had to put him in that little ark. Exodus 2-3 says this, And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and dubbed it with slime and with pitch, look, and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. Man, she says she put the child therein. And you know what she had to do at that moment? She had to take her hands off and she had to trust God 
with where, whatever was going to happen in that child's life. Well, thank God that you don't have to worry about maybe putting your child uh, hiding somewhere and taking off and all that. Amen. But the illustration is still one that we should think about spiritually because when they step out into the world, right, one day, hey, maybe we're not going to have to put them in that river at, at, at the age of two or three. But maybe at the age of 18 to uh, 25 somewhere, right, we're going to have to we're going to have to put them out in the world. Right. And trust them to get out there and make decisions based upon things they've learned. And so we got to put them out there. Right. We got to put them in that ark. Right. That we've been praying and take our hands off and trust God as we watch them go down that river of life. That river of life, well, we know how it turned out for Moses, amen? Turned out pretty good, I'd say, for her, uh, right? And pray that God would do the same in our lives. Put the children in there, took her hands off, and trust the Lord. And may that, and we pray God for that. We must teach the children. Deuteronomy 6, 7, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in the house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. Again, diligently means that that word diligently means to give wholehearted attention to. Again, do it with, with, with consciously, willingly, sincerely, making a matter of utmost importance in the home and making certain that it is done training our children god has given us the privilege to be parents amen it's a it's, it's a privilege to be parents right and we should consider it a privilege and delight to teach them of our blessed lord proverbs 1 7 says the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and instruction you know, often parents can't wait to put their children in school. Man, I can't wait to my child's in school. I mean, if he's this smart at home, I can't imagine what's going to happen when he gets into school. You know, I mean, I can't imagine if he's this smart at home. I mean, I just can't wait for him to get in school and start learning all that stuff. Amen. I bet he'll just soak, soak, soak it up. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, most kids throw it up instead of soak it up. They're supposed to soak it up. Amen. But listen, it says there, often parents cannot wait for their children to start school and begin to learn. But the Bible teaches what should be at the beginning of learning, the knowledge of the fear of the Lord. They should get that before they get into kindergarten. Amen. You know, you shouldn't wait till your child's five years old to start teaching them things. You know, uh, uh, I, I thank God uh, uh, for my wife. My wife, you know, I think uh, when the children came home from the hospital, I think they got the first two days off to rest up. Amen. But I think from then on, my wife was a, a teaching uh, uh, kids. I mean, I, 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 I look at my, uh, my uh, children. I, I think of uh, 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 Sharon there. I mean, uh, before she was, you know, kindergarten age, uh, uh, she knew uh, the, our alphabet, the Korean alphabet, I think the Bulgarian alphabet and, and, and several other things. People say, man, uh, your kids are smart. I said, well, they can't be too smart. They're my kids. You know, they can't, can't be too much. But I said, I tell them this. I said, well, I don't know. I don't know if, you know, how smart they are but I do know this. I know my wife is disciplined and takes the time to teach them. And so I, I give more credit to my wife being disciplined and taking the time to teach them. And they pick those uh, 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 things up. So whether your kids are smart or they're like me, amen, if you at least take the time to teach them, uh, they can learn a few things, even at a young age. And one of those things is getting the word of God in them and giving them that instruction, the fear of the Lord. We pray for our children, amen, that they would have receptive hearts. Lord, Give my children receptive hearts. Again, I appreciate that song that Mark sang this morning, amen. Give them pliable hearts. Give them yielding hearts, amen, that are sensitive to the things of God, right? We pray, 3 John 1, 4. 3 John 1, 4 says this. Again, I have no greater joy, or we as parents have no greater joy than to hear 
that my children walk in truth. Hey, listen, notice, notice he didn't say this. Notice it doesn't say this, that I see that my children walk in truth. Now, of course, we want to see it. But not only do we want to see it, in other words, when they see it, we see how they're acting before our eyes. But we want to hear it. Amen? That means they're doing it when they're not before our eyes, when they're around others. Right? That others are talking about uh, the testimony. Uh, just like the other day I was saying about uh, Benjamin. The other day I, 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 I was uh, talking to somebody. I can't remember how Benjamin, but they, somebody was talking about, man, you know, Benjamin's got a, I really like Benjamin's spirit, somebody said the other day. And I thought, you know, uh, that, that's, uh, that's saying something. That shows that he's not only acting that way when he's home with his parents, right? But that shows that he's acting that way when he's among other people, that they would make those comments. And so that's probably a delight for the Marks to hear that their son is walking in truth, not only when he's at home, but even when he's away from them. That's what we want to hear, amen? Not only what they're doing when they're around us, but what they're doing in other places. We want to hear, amen, that testimony. We all want our children to have and experience wonderful things, right? We say, oh, man, I want wonderful things to happen in my children's life. Well, as we finish up, the most wonderful thing, the most wonderful thing a child can experience, of course, is salvation through the Amen. Lord Jesus Christ and learn how to have their own daily, active, personal relationship with the Lord. Now, we looked at Samuel there. You know, listen, listen, we have no idea. You know, we just think, oh, that's our kid. Oh, he's cute. She's cute. Oh, you know, and all those wonderful things. But listen, if, 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 if we'll just, you know, commit ourselves and just pray daily for God's mercy upon our life, children. We have no idea the difference that one child, one child raised for the glory of God can make in a nation. Look at Samuel. Look at Samuel. Boy, at the end of it, we see what his mom did at the beginning of his life, and then we're fortunate to see in the Bible the end of his life. And the Bible says he didn't let his words fall to the ground. And you know what? When they asked for a king and he's getting ready to finish, you know what he did? He got up and said, hey, if anybody's got anything to say against me, if I've done anything wrong, if anybody's got any accusation, go ahead. Hey, I'm here. Let's, let's get this thing settled. Amen. Before I lay my head down for the last time, I want to make sure my conscience is clear. Now, listen, I don't know many people that, 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 that could do that, get up in front of a bunch of people and say, hey, you know, if you've got any accusation, hey, somebody come up with something, right? But he had the boldness to do that. Amen. Because he was he was he, he was he was uh, raised uh, to the glory of God, and by God's grace, he kept that, and uh, he was an influence upon his nation to the glory of God. Uh, the other day, I was talking to somebody about uh, some uh, John Wesley. You know, John and Charles Wesley <laughs> talk about having big families. I think John and Charles Wesley were the fifteenth and seventeenth child of their parents. I think there's a, uh, uh, there's a, there's a book on, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Miss Wesley's rules on, on raising children, right? And Charles, he's known for being a songwriter. Writer. And then uh, John, I think he was a circuit-riding preacher into his, into his uh, 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 90s. You know, maybe uh, according to the way we believe, maybe we can't say, well, he got everything right there, but you couldn't doubt that he loved God. You couldn't doubt that he wanted people uh, to get saved. You couldn't doubt that he was serious about what he, what he uh, uh, believed. And what a wonderful thing that is. What a wonderful thing that is. So in just a moment, uh, we're going we're gonna to close here. and We're going to invite uh, 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 the, the parents, amen, with their children to come up. Uh, if somebody can get the children uh, from junior church. But listen, what a, what, a, what a wonderful thing it is. I remember uh, uh, after I got saved, I think Tosh was maybe a year and a half old or so. 
She wasn't quite two years old when my wife and I got saved. And I remember there in Aschaffenburg, Germany, with a preacher Iverson, with our children, and then our, uh, uh, Sharon and uh, uh, Renata were born in Germany, and taking them forward and uh, uh, dedicating, uh, dedicating them to the Lord. You know, it's a wonderful thing, but it's, it's, a, it's a reminder. Listen, parents, we're really dedicating ourselves. You know, just like uh, uh, the certificate we're going to give you in, in a moment says this. Let me read that again. The certificate of dedication again says this. Let it be known before God and all present that on this day, May 2nd, 2021, that we as loving parents willingly gave our child, children, back to the Lord and committed ourselves. That's where it starts. Committed ourselves, God being our helper, to raise our children to his glory. And then again, it has 2 Timothy 3.15. And again, there's a space for you to put the names of your children and uh, your name as parents. And just it's good to have a reminder. You know, so maybe down the road you get sidetracked or something happens, you go through and you find this. Oh, man, am I staying true to that commitment? Am I staying true uh, to what I, I gave? I came forward to give testimony of that day. Certainly some to think about. And maybe, uh, maybe uh, us as parents, maybe our children are gone, we, even though maybe our children are at home. It'd be good for us to even uh, challenge ourselves. Hey, am I still holding true to that commitment even though my children are out of the house? Am I still trying to, to do? So as we, as we summarize this, let me give you this. Again, recognize that our children are a gift from the Lord. When we realize that our children are given to us by God, we understand we are rearing them for his glory and for his will to be done in their lives. And learn that giving, again, a child to God is desiring for that child what the Lord desires. And understanding that children must be given to God, again, at all stages of their life. Even if they're teenagers getting ready to go to the house, at all stages of their life. And see that children should learn about God, again, in their homes. So again, may the Lord help us desire God's will, not our own will for our children. Again, pray that God will lead your children and make them what he wants them to be. And to make deliberate children's to give your children back decisions to give your children back to God. Again, providing a Christian home where your children can receive instruction about God and his work. Be sure again that you've trusted Christ by faith as your Savior and you seek the salvation of your children. Don't expect your children to be stronger Christians than you are. Diligently teach your children. Read the Bible with your children every day. Teach them the great stories of the Bible. Boy, it's a sad thing. You know, I think about, uh, again, when I, when I first went to Bulgaria and they'd been under communism all those years and, and they weren't able to have a Bible. I don't think that couldn't happen in America. Don't think that couldn't happen in America. And I remember uh, when, we, when we started a church and we're trying to teach them, you know, about Jonah and the well. Listen, we, 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 were, we were in the middle of a service. One of the missionaries was preaching. The translator, who was a doctor, an educated man, was one of our translators, right? He was a doctor, very educated man. And the, and the trans, I'll never forget this, the translator, I mean, the, the preacher, my friend, uh, missionary friend, he mentioned Jonah in the whale. And, and the translator stopped the service. He's sitting there trying to translate. All of a sudden he stops. He goes, what? A man, a man got swallowed by a whale? He said, yeah. He said, where's this? He said, in the Bible. He said, I want to hear this story. True story. And interrupted the service. He never heard about you. He interrupted the service. And then we're teaching them these stories that we're trying to be as simple as we can. And you know what they came to us and said? Uh, 
brother, why, why you talk to us like, like we know Bible our whole life? Why you talk to us like we know Bible our whole life? Think about that. And, and, and you know, if you study Baptist history, if you study Baptist history, do you know you'll read about Bulgarians, about Baptists in the Bulgarian era? Well, where's Bulgaria? It's right in this area where these books were written. It's right above Greece. And yet you got people 2,000 years later say, why you taught us like we know Bible our whole life? I, I never read Bible. They don't think that could happen in America. Hey, boy, you better. That's why it's so important that we're faithful to pass it on to the next generation. Keep your children faithful in attending church and desire your children, again, above all else, that they would walk in truth. Let's pray.